Welcome to episode 48 of the Canvas Casters podcast. Before we dive in with our fantastic guest, Marcus, I think everyone listening <laughs> is going to be just in awe of, of Misty, right? She uh, came in, did her thing. <laughs> we talked a lot about mental health. And just to prep everyone here before they start listening to the episode, we are not experts on the mental health topic. In fact, some would say we do the mental health pretty poorly. <laughs> but we figured since it's May and it's Mental Health Month and there's always this conversation around teacher burnout as well as taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself, we thought it might be a good idea just to jump on the mic and give our thoughts as well as bring someone in that is in the educational landscape, that's living it day to day, that sees other teachers and what they're going through and can really speak to some strategies that, that have been pretty cool down there in Texas. So stick around. That episode is going to be fantastic. But before we get started, I thought it might be a great idea just to jump on the mic and kind of tell our personal stories. And I know Marcus has one, you know, and I and I've got a few uh, more than our fair share of times where life's gotten a little tricky, right? And we've had to navigate that. Um, and I think it's always great to just hear from people and, and the stuff that they go through because no one ever really knows um, what happens in, in those circles beyond uh, the very public version of themselves. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to let you in on the personal stuff today. That's going to be a little fun. Uh, <laughs> Look up, kids. We'll Sit down and get comfortable. We're not going to take up too much everyone's time, um, but definitely want to, you know, kind of tease the the episode as well as uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, not necessarily like our struggles, because we know there are a lot of folks out there that have had it a lot worse than than Marcus and I. But, um, you know, we deal with stuff, too. We can seem pretty happy go lucky here on the podcast every <laughs> every couple of weeks, um, but we deal with stuff, too. So so, Marcus, I'll let you start and then I'll pick up at the end here and we'll get right into the episode. Yeah. Um, you know, looking and, and planning this episode, it was it, it's definitely been something that we we mutually believe is super important. And we know our, our all the listeners out there, you guys are all uh, you all recognize the importance of, of mental health and and doing what is best uh, to take care of uh, of yourselves and, and take care of others around you. Every person can connect to this uh, episode and this topic. Uh, on some level. And, and so for, for us, we thought it might be uh, helpful to, to give you a little bit of insight and in just our own, uh, our own journeys. Um, and for me, uh, I just found that as a, as a, as a teacher, I found myself um, struggling with, uh, I guess, locating or identifying what coping strategies I was going to use to deal with situations. And I, I personally came to a point and this has been years and years and years ago, but I came to a point where I felt like I, uh, did not know, <laughs> did not have the facilities, uh, to, uh, properly sort of deal with the stressors and anxiety that I was, uh, seeing in, in my day to day. And for me, it, it ended up being that, I was uh, probably less than the best as a husband and as a father, and I think that was the the, the point at which I realized that maybe I needed some some additional help um, for me, for just my own personal uh, mental health. Uh, I did go to uh, you know my doctor. 
I explain to my doctor, here are the things that I am feeling. Here are the things that I am experiencing. Here are sort of situations and what what's happening in, in my brain uh, when these situations occur. And, um, you know, in my case, and I, I no longer feel, uh, you know, embarrassed uh, as I used to. <laughs> um, I, I don't feel embarrassed about sharing this kind of stuff with folks uh, any longer, but um, it, it, I, I definitely took the route of, you know, medication. And I think what I experienced was that I had, frankly, some trial and error um, with, with finding the medication and the dosage that was going to work best for me. Um, and even with that, I still have to, uh, sort of face some, uh, use some strategies, uh, which you'll hear about in the episode, some, some basic, simple strategies to pinpoint, Hey, I'm feeling a certain kind of way right now. What can I do right now to sort of try to, uh, soothe that, um, in my case, I, I went through a medication or two or three before I found the one that seemed to work. And um, maybe this is something that that uh, resonates with with folks listening. Uh, but the when I knew that things weren't right, <laughs> and then I you know took steps to confront that, and then didn't have success immediately. That was a little bit daunting. Um, but luckily, I've, I've, I've sort of found the, the sweet spot and the sweet spot between, in my case, again, uh, having uh, some medication to assist, but then also just continually improving on my uh, approach to stressors. Um, and we've talked about it uh, a few times over the years. You know, one, one of the things for me is, you know, physical, physical health. Uh, so combining for me the physical uh, along with uh, some additional assistance, I think I have finally found that balance. And that doesn't mean that, that there aren't days. <laughs> there are days, you know, yeah. um, but but I'm definitely grateful for, uh, you know, not only my personal, you know, my physician, um, but also, you know, folks around me being able to say and be, be comfortable saying, you know, Marcus, you seem a certain kind of way you know, what can be done to help? Uh, how can we help? Uh, how can you help yourself? And, and so uh, it's definitely been a, a, a long sort of a uh, road, but uh, I, I definitely feel grateful uh, for a lot of folks around me that have sort of helped me uh, sort of hone in on strategies and techniques and ways of thinking that are going to make me a better person, make me happier, make me more comfortable uh, in my day to day, in my work life, my professional life, and, and more, most importantly, my personal life, my family life. Yeah. And thank you for being super open on that. That was, uh, I didn't, I didn't quite expect you to go that deep. Uh, open book, so maybe. It, it's one of those things it's hard, right? Like we want to, we want to let folks in on knowing that, cause I think this, this public persona of doing this podcast and people see us on Twitter and there's this very much like, Oh, those guys are, are excited and excited and happy all the time. Right. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Like, uh, most of the time, uh, as Marcus knows when he, you know, we, we talk a lot on an app called Marco Polo or through text, 
uh, we can pretty much tell each other, you know, pretty soon we can tell from each other's uh, communications early in the morning, whether we're going to have a good day or we're going to have a bad day. <laughs> um, I think we've, we've known each other long enough for that. Uh, and we're lucky to, to have, you know, like, like Marcus said, a support group and people around us. And we know there aren't so many of those out there that are, that are fortunate enough for that. And also that, that there are times where, even though I have those support groups or, you know, as Marcus talked about that, I do feel like super bummed out. <laughs> and, um, you know, if what I'm doing is good enough or I, you know, I, I've struggled a lot with imposter syndrome. I've struggled a lot with trying to find my way in, um, a different world than I was very much used to. I, I definitely have internalized and externalized as a lot of educators do the stress of success, whether that's, you know, your student success, uh, a project you're working on, a scholarship that you've put in for that, that stress, that stress is then internalized. And then you externalize it as like, I'm not good enough. Or, um, I don't wor I worry a lot if this is going to be something that's gonna, you know, create success in my life. And then because you are so invested and you're so passionate about your thing, um, that takes over. And, and that is something that, that I have recognized, um, through my, you know, journey through trying to be a better person and, um, being more, um, accountable to myself, uh, for the, for the mental, physical, uh, part of, of this journey of life. And, uh, another thing that I've recognized and it didn't come to, um, it really didn't, it really didn't come to light until I decided, it's probably time for Eddie, uh, with the guidance from my wife, like it's probably time for Eddie to talk to somebody, um, and not me and not Marcus and not, uh, other folks, but an actual professional that, that definitely, <laughs> uh, could, could help. Um, and not saying Marcus isn't Dr. Marcus at times, you know, put him on. Yeah, the I mean, I'm only slightly offended, but <laughs> it's probably, I, I, I support you. It's probably good talking to, talk. to somebody it's, that's a professional, right? It's probably good to to sit down and and speak with that. And I think there was a time where I was very prideful and maybe a little bit shameful at myself for doing um, doing just that. And and I finally just said, okay, this is the time. And um, this is no plug, uh, but we do have a, a benefit here. We use Modern Health, which is an app um, through here through our through our work. Uh, they're not paying for any of this. <laughs> um, but we, but I definitely want to give a shout out because if it wasn't for that app and having the ability to connect with somebody, um, I don't necessarily know if I would have made it the last few years. And I have definitely recognized that, that Eddie is a very social person. He is an extrovert and sitting at home and working remote goes against everything that I've ever loved, which is people. So I do find that, that every, so often, maybe one or two times a week, I will go find a coffee shop or I'll go find a co-working space that I can sit in. I can feed off of the energy of other people. Now, I'm not um, this isn't the the Geico commercial or the nationwide. What commercial is it, Marcus? The one with the where I'm like going around the table to table trying to talk to people with like the parents. That, I think know, it's no, progressive. No, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I think it's no, no, progressive. No. We don't need. Uh, no, no, no. You didn't ask. <laughs> Uh, I'm not I doing that. I'm not, I'm not walking around from table. Eddie's to table. walking around random coffee shops. He's asking like, for now. Did you choose the low fat creamer? <laughs> right. I'm you not know that's doing better that for you, right? But it's just <laughs> nice. It's nice to be around people. And I think um, doing that once or twice a week has really helped. That's another thing that I didn't know or didn't recognize until somebody said, okay, so like, what are you struggling with? And I'm like, I am sitting at a desk all day, every day. 
calls back to back. I'm working remotely. Like I'm struggling with this. And they're like, well, maybe it's people. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with the fact that you don't spend enough time around folks. Um, so that's really helped. And that has really, I think led to, um, you know, some things that have gotten better in my life. So, uh, but we just want to take this time. Again, we didn't want to, and it just feels like, I don't want this to feel like a bummer, people getting bummed out about starting a podcast off like this, but we also want to recognize that we go through it too, right? Um, I think everyone does, and uh, we can't wait, we can't wait, Marcus, for them to hear Misty talk about some of the things. Texas has done some really exciting things with their consortium down there for like lunch and learns and and mental health, and I think they're recognizing the amount of stress that educators um, and folks that are in schools are dealing with. Um, so it's a great conversation. Just Misty is just such a great educator and, and she's been such a, a great resource for us. And, and when you guys listen to the episode, you'll hear um, exactly what we expected. And then it, it totally followed through like such a genuine and authentic voice. Um, so hope you hope you give it a listen. Keep listening. And uh, we really think you're going to step away from this one. Uh, with some really actionable things that you can keep in the back of your minds uh, when, when times are a little bit rough uh, here at the end of the school year for a lot of folks. All right. As the kids would say, let's get it popping. Episode 48, the Campus Casters podcast. Welcome to episode 48 of the Canvas Casters podcast. Today we chat with Misty Joaquin, a digital learning facilitator serving Little Elm ISD in the great state of Texas. Misty's been with LEISD since 2007, where she started out in the battlefield of middle school English. She currently <laughs> supports PK through 12th grade teachers as they integrate technology into their instruction. Misty is a Canvas administrator for LEISD as well as a Canvas fan member. Additionally, she is an Apple certified teacher and a level one and two Google certified educator. In her personal time, Misty enjoys writing, reading, embroidery, and coloring. Along with her husband and daughter, Misty supports local animal shelters and animal rescue outreach programs. She loves fostering dogs and has adopted two of her past foster pups. Misty listens to podcasts of all kinds, most likely the Canvas Casters podcast, anything from informational, which we have no business being in, to absurd, where we love to live. Right. So, Marcus, let us both welcome Misty Joaquin to the podcast. <laughs> Usually edit all of that out. No, it's just it Marcus. Eddie, let me have some the... fun. Just don't be a wet blanket today. Come on. I'm, I'm hopped up on caffeine. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Misty, oh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the, the, the bio. And now full disclosure, folks uh, listening, you know, we always ask our guests, you know, can you send us a quick short bio just to c- kind of get an idea a little bit about you? Um, and, and we almost always I'd say nine out of 10 times folks say, Ew, I don't really want to. I don't I, just say what include whatever you want. And, and Misty, uh, she doesn't sound like that, but she definitely was like kind of, you know, uh, ashamed and like, I don't know. And, and it was perfect. Um, and as I was reading it, I had to pull out some of the the the, the highlights for me, uh, which number one, former English teacher, Eddie. I mean, is it not an established known commodity that the that just basically the the most awesomest human beings on earth are also former or current english teachers i say i think the problem is 
the problem is is that you tend to schedule the guests and i think you are biased <laughs> no, towards no, no, no. english i didn't teachers. know i didn't know that until i read the thing so I, I, we didn't know that at all that's boom. that is absolutely true marcus right. and i both did not know that she was an english teacher before we had her on right it's former <laughs> yes but it's um, definitely a pattern I think. it is a pattern because it's basically teaching english segues dare i say crescendos look that one up eddie uh crescendos into awesome basically um misty also enjoys coloring which i love um and you know i wanted to so i wasn't doing any coloring um up until the pandemic Right. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, we're all locked in our house. Um, What are we going to do? So my family really latched on to the adult coloring books and um, diamond art. And if you know, you know, on the diamond art. Um, Yes, diamond art. Right. Um, (laughs) But what you guys uh, listening uh, because of this whole audio thing, um, those of you listening don't know is that uh, Misty included a picture of of some some coloring that's happening that she'll uh, talk about a little bit later but when i saw that picture misty i was like yep i know exactly i am right there (laughs) with you it's definitely a thing um the dog fostering i love it as a, a a child of a veterinarian um we didn't foster any dogs uh, but I worked there and I got to see sort of all of that happening. Um, so I'm always very impressed by folks that are uh, like you. I'm always impressed when you uh, can do that sort of thing and be so loving and caring to this uh, this other being. It's really a beautiful thing. And loving podcasts. OK, the informational to the absurd. And you're here. So two birds, one stone, right? Uh, so Absolutely. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm providing the absurdity and the rest of uh, the folks here are providing the information. So Eddie, why don't you uh, kick it off here? <laughs> so May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're definitely um, understand the importance of, of taking time for mental health. Now, before we, we dive in, Misty, with you, just so people are clear, Marcus and I are, are not experts in the uh, in the realm of mental health, but we do know that it's it's really important, um, and we wanted to recognize, you know, obviously May being Mental Health Month, we wanted to recognize this time to, to really talk about the importance of, of taking time for yourself and taking time for your mental health. Um, Misty, we asked uh, you on the podcast for a lot of reasons that we'll get to, but we also know how passionate you are about mental health um, in in your area. So tell us a little bit about where your passion for mental health comes from, and then we'll dive into some of the things that you've been involved in there in Texas. So first, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, I've been listening pretty much from the beginning, and I am a huge Canvas nerd. So this is, is like making my heart podcast nerd nerd, canvas nerd, just fangirl here in this moment. So thank you for having me on. Um, But I was also really excited when you guys um, reached out because I am a huge um, advocate and very passionate about mental health. I have my own struggles with um, mental health, anxiety, a lot of anxiety and depression. And I have always been very open about it. And it's been years long. And one of the just kind of resounding things is there still is that stigma around asking for help, being open about your struggles. And I think that the more that we can put a face, a voice um, and normality to how many people out there really are struggling with their mental health, with anxiety, with stress, with depression, with I mean, let's be honest, PTSD, especially given the climate of the last couple of years, the more we can normalize that 
the more people will be open about it and, and seek out health and support and the more SEL programs, um, emotional learning programs for both adults and our students will start to come on board. For sure. Yeah, it's I think it's um, really, really valuable and empowering uh, to just go ahead and own it, you know, and and I love that Mm -hmm. that you've taken that approach and that sort of strategy. And um, you're right about, you know, there is still some some stigma and people sort of second guess and should I say or should I be open about and um, and I totally agree that I, I think that it's actually empowering for everyone not only mm-hmm. you me Eddie anyone listening to be able to be open and honest and, and share you know what's going on that's helpful and therapeutic to do uh, but then it also helps other people in terms of their reaction like i basically if i'm honest and open with you i'm actually helping you because i'm going to basically yes. teach you how to react to my open honesty <laughs> yes uh, and, and you may yes. you may you know random person may may handle that really well uh or maybe not so much um but i th- i i love that the open conversation is probably paramount um so much of what we see on social media Uh, regarding educators ultimately falls under the umbrella of mental health awareness. Uh, You know, when I look at Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and if it's anything educationally based, there's there's a lot of talk. And it's I think it almost a a good chunk of it falls under that umbrella of of mental health or where how we are feeling, how are educators feeling in that moment? How are you feeling in mid-May of a school year? Um, Most of it is an attempt to be funny and lighthearted. You know, I think of like uh, I think it's bored teachers, I think, is the account. Uh, But that's one where it's like usually, you know, folks kind of poking fun at um, things. And it's like, you know, Marcus walking into school in August, Marcus walking into s- school in May, you know, it's the side by side picture and we all get a kick out of it. Um, sometimes though, I wonder what it looks like to, you know, what that account or what that content looks like to non-educators. Um, so what do you find yourself saying to non-educators about mental health of educators? I, I think that the thing about Educators versus non-educators, and I don't mean versus like in a combative sense, sure. but just the the breadth of experiences that you truly can't understand an educator's life until you've experienced it. I'm a firm believer that everyone should sub at every level at least once in their life. You should spend a day in an elementary classroom, a day in a middle school classroom, and a day in a high school classroom. Ooh. We would have totally different state funding. We would have totally <laughs> yes. different decisions made because until you've actually been in a classroom with 32 students staring at you and, and saying, teach me something, you you just don't know. That's a whole different level of stress. And that's not even in, you know, identifying or recognizing built-in stressors, natural stressors outside of your educational life. So you have, you are responsible for the education of, as and I'm coming from a place of middle school. So I was responsible for the education of 185 students. I was also responsible... Oh, I felt responsible for their well-being, for their, you know, for their growth, for them to turn out as happy, shiny people at some point in their lives. Right. We want that for our students. That's a lot of pressure. If you think about 
being responsible for 185 students times however long you're in the classroom, plus their parents, plus the demands of your administration. It is a totally different experience than the corporate world. And I say that I don't have any experience in the corporate world because my entire career has been in education. But I think that when they see those memes, and I think, you know, we obviously we talk a lot about, well, summer's off and and, you know, you <laughs> get spring break and you have all these built in vacation time. And why don't you just use that to recharge? It doesn't it doesn't work that way. Teachers are getting paid on their contract, but they are still responsible and they're still carrying that load year long. As soon as that 185 left my classroom, I didn't forget about them, but I also had another 185 coming in that I had to prepare for. And I think that we do make these jokes um, I think about the one with, there's the woman from Titanic and she's like, I'm actually 36. I've just been teaching for 12 years or something <laughs> like that. And, and it's true because, and again, I think it comes from that place of, haha, it's a funny, it's a joke, but there's really this underlying level of the stress is it weighs a lot. So much of, of what you see on Twitter really dives into that joke piece. Um, and I know, you know, we we look at what others are, are saying and doing and we can tend to, um, I don't know, like internalize that and then uh, parrot that <laughs> back, even though we are, we are also struggling. So I would caution those because as we see more and more on social, we see more and more out there in the world about trying to kick the stigma. That's that's another good buzzwordy thing about mental health and mental illness um, on like talking about it and being okay to be open. Um, that's something Marks and I've talked a lot about too. Like there's there's all these talks about burnout and then like, does that fall under the category of, of mental illness and, and mental health? Um, I just worry that, you know, we, we're, cons- we're constantly um, welcomed with messages of how like funny it is to be burnout or how how um, comical it can be to be stressed out all of the time. And we're all stressed out. So look how funny this is. I worry that 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 message is the one that's um, overpowering the, you know, it's OK to not be OK. Right. It's OK to, to feel not OK. Completely agree. And I think that, um, you know, to speak to uh, Misty's point about, you know, everybody should experience um, you know, a, a little sliver of education working in that world. Um, because we all hear the the similar sorts of things about the calendar and and things like that. It's just it's such a profound life's work education. Um and it's a, it takes a profoundly powerful human being <laughs> uh to to do the work and to uh be able to do it successfully and not just survive through life, but to be able to continue and, and, and thrive and to be able to balance. And, and um, it's it is different. Uh, you know, I to to speak to the the corporate versus education or education, non-education. I can speak to that. Eddie can speak to that. Um, we both are our motherboards are wired for education. Um, and though, you know, we have you know, transitioned, I still say, I say this probably on a weekly basis. There is no exhaustion like teacher exhaustion. And I know that because I lived it. I remember coming home from a school day on a Tuesday and passing out 
in my like getting home and just like flopping <laughs> um, <laughs> and needing that real decompression time uh, before I could even face my own life. You know, like it really that was a real thing. Um, and, and I think that that is kind of all plays into and I, I know everybody can. Plenty of people can deal with that regardless of their career. Uh, but I still say that, man, oh, man, uh, what educators are doing um, and, and, and uh, overcoming uh, is huge. And like you said, you know, 32 people in this room right now, depending on me solely. And I'm not the per No educator is passively doing their work. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not coasting. Um, educators are not wired for that. Um, so it's like you're given, you know, the cliche, you're given it all. You're given 110 uh, percent. But you really are uh, every single day. And it's there are people depending. Um, and that that you can't say about every single, uh, you know, career out there. Um, and so that's. Uh, to, sort of to Misty's point, there's a, a, a level of profoundness. That, is that a word? Uh, it is very profound. Uh, the work that the work that educators are doing. I, um, Eddie, I know you you mentioned burnout, and I think that that there's that very real. I mean, it's a very real thing, and and especially we've seen it a lot in the last. Just speaking from personal level, the last since COVID. I mean, the last two and a half years, three years, making that shift from. Um, the pandemic. And even this year, it, it's been just a lot of burnout. But I think it's because I think a lot of it can tie back to that idea that we're not recognizing and supporting both our students and our educators emotional needs. Um, we've we've dived back in to the classroom like the pandemic didn't happen. Like, oh, it's normal. Life's back to normal, except it's not. We had students who were out of the classroom for two years emotionally, they are two years behind, um, you know, maturity level wise, even. And I, I think of my own daughter, who is a seventh grader. A lot of times she acts like a fifth grader. She missed out on that growth that occurs on being in school with your peers and developing, you know, age level appropriateness. Mm -hmm. And and now she's back into the thick of it. And we've had to act like it's normal, but it's it's not normal. And and her teachers are having to 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 learn how to teach these students who have been in and out of class combination of virtual and face-to-face -face for two years. Yep. And that is an added stressor as well. So we are seeing a lot of teacher burnout. Yeah. That's such a good point about the, how it's affecting everyone. And, you know, you, you, you take your child, my child, Eddie's daughter, like that. And we've all seen it on, again, social media. We've seen it where it's like, you know, if your child is this age, this is what the last time they had normal air quotes. I'm air quoting mm -hmm. for those listening. Uh, normal <laughs> school, right? Uh, we've seen that sort of graphic. Um, and, and part of it, you know, is is sort of slowing down that process and now having to catch up. It's also just the more you're in the classroom, the more capable. And when I say you, I mean the collective student all the way through educator and principal. We all are fine-tuning and sharpening our coping mechanisms uh, every single moment of every single day. Um, and and that I think you're right that 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 whole pandemic phase slowed everyone, everyone's ability to continue to keep those coping mechanisms sharp, you know, um, and knowing like this is how I'm going to deal with 
this situation or this uh, this type of event that comes up in my classroom. This is how I'm going to uh, handle a student who is struggling in my classroom because, hey, uh, you know, it's it, it was a not a thing for a long, long time. And, and, and that's one of those skills that I don't think I, th- I think it can degrade with distance, distance away well, from also, the classroom. It's also external, right? Like the external stressors and the external attention that educators and, and education has has taken on in the last few years, right? Like mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity, Misty. I, I think if you were to find yourself in front of non-educators, right, and you, and you were talking to them about what the mental health, Marcus and I get to do this all the time because we live the life. We both have married folks that are still in the educational system. So when folks ask like, what is the mindset? A non-educator, someone that we work with on a daily basis, whether it's in the corporate world or or whether it's just in the communities, a church, wherever you're at, and you're having these conversations, I think this is a great opportunity to say, um, you know, how we feel. So what do you find yourself saying to those non-educators in your communities about the mental health of educators today? I think it's just making them aware that we need support and 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 support comes in a lot of different ways, right? It it, it doesn't have to be monetary support. It can just be hey, turning out for a vote. Oh, we yeah. recently tried to pass a bond in our district and it didn't pass. But by that bond not passing, teachers were crushed. Yep. That point though is is well taken in that that that's not, you know, that's everywhere. That's everywhere and that is a mm-hmm. big red flag uh from uh you know, a community full of stakeholders to folks inside those walls of those buildings that really, I mean, there are outward messages and then there are sort of secondary messages and the there's connotation and denotation <laughs> and mm-hmm. if i'm an oh, educator that english teacher heart yeah, <laughs> if, if i'm an educator and the you know the what the bond or the what what's the word we say here the referendum um when those things don't pass it is that big red flag that that i mean it is a kick in the in the heart because it basically mm-hmm. feels uh, it feels like the people we're serving aren't with us, you know, and I, I'm with you that I've been at districts that have seen referendums fail, uh, bonds fail and um, or not pass. And it and it is you, you can you can feel it. It's tactile. It is uh, it is a, a huge challenge for sure. It is. It's just it's just a little disheartening. But I think that that comes back into then when you're looking at the overall mental health of your staff, which in turn impacts the overall mental health of your students. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Climate, climate, climate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, As much as we think that like, oh, I'm the adult in the room and I can turn it off and on like a light switch. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would beg to differ. (laughs) And I've done it. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not proud to admit it, but I've certainly uh, carried, you know, a, some baggage into into a classroom or two. And I even I even did the speech. Now, I always had the same speech every year. You know, bring your baggage, drop it off at the door, come into class, give me a chance. You know, uh, I was talking to high school, you know, seniors. I was like, I know y'all got a whole set, a whole mess of stuff that you're dealing with. Just do me a favor. Take the burden off your back, put it out in the hallway, come into my classroom, give me a chance for 90 minutes. And then if you want to pick up the the baggage and carry it to your next class, great. I said, but ultimately my goal is to maybe make that a little bit lighter. 
at least for the time we're together. And and, and it's a real thing. That is a real thing. Um, and, and I don't know that everyone out there is thinking about, you know, the teachers of their children and what they're dealing with in addition and externally to your point earlier. Um, so what are some of the things you notice in your circles? Uh, are, are there signs? Most of this to me, most of this is a lot about like just being a good human, looking out for each other, you know, uh, recognizing, trying to recognize um, when, when folks around us are struggling. Um, so mm-hmm. are there some as a person who's, you know, being candid and open about your own uh, story and journey, uh, knowing what you know? Are there things that you're watching for with coworkers or with students that you can say, oh, that's something I, I, I should help with that or I can or I know who to to find to help with that? And I say this now, I'm at a at, at the K-12, PK-12 level now, but so I'm working with teachers now and it is definitely something that not only myself, but but I am lucky to work with several other people at my, at the district level who are very in tune with the needs of our teachers. And one of the things that we started this year, they were called Mindful Mondays. And it was this idea of giving kind of focused, directed topics. It didn't necessarily have to be, you know, classroom management or instructional based. It could have been an SEL session. It could have been something like what we're going to talk about later. But um, just this idea that these mindful Mondays, it's a chance for you to stop, reflect, focus on your own learning, and whether that's emotional learning or, or, you know, intellectual learning, we wanted to have those opportunities. But I do think that when you recognize those signs, it really is just about saying, I'm here. Can, is there anything I can take off your plate? Is there anything I can do for you? And even if they don't take you up on it in that moment, sometimes just knowing that somebody cares, yeah. I mean, it goes a hugely long way. It's the same reason that I still think, and this is a soapboxy moment, I guess, but I still think that administrators, campus level administrators, district level administrators should send thank you notes when you go into a classroom and highlighting something amazing that you saw because you don't know. You don't know what your teacher is going through. And in that same way, Teachers turn around and do that for students. Write them a quick little, hey, I saw you being awesome card because it totally makes that person's day. And I know I'm not going to simplify um, anxiety or depression here at all and say that that's going to, to, but just knowing that somebody saw you in that moment and that another person in this universe cared, mm-hmm. I mean, it does. It makes a difference in in that moment, at least, that there's just this little, hey, we have a connection so yeah. yes, that's my rambly answer. No, to that. absolutely. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I'm like, you know, again, uh, we have video. Uh, the listeners, of course, don't. But my head is like a bobblehead of, of nodding of affirmation here with with everything that, that you're saying. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, like we're not experts at this. Right. We we literally are, are just trying to find ways to have discussions about things that might be uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and mental and mental health awareness month may allows us to do this in this platform, which is awesome. We're going to continue the conversation with Misty. When we come back, we'll talk all about very specific initiatives that you and your district can do to try to help or be helpful in this area. And we'll be right back here on the Canvas Casters podcast. It is time for you to shine your light. There are so many opportunities available, but we wanted to quickly remind you about the 2022 Educator of the Year nominations. Please carve out some time to nominate a deserving fellow educator in either K-12 or higher education. Educator of the Year nominations are due June 19th. For more information, 
go to Instructure.com. Welcome back to the Canvas Casters podcast. We are speaking with Misty from Texas about all things Mental Health Awareness Month, which is the month of May. Now, your state, Misty, Texas in general, the organization TCEA has some really great resources you shared with us before the podcast and actually had a webinar on cultivating calm in the classroom. Uh, you mentioned that, that they kind of looked at breathing techniques, recognizing signs of stress, uh, along with all the other things you could probably do with students as well in the classroom that we thought was super interesting. So we're going to link those resources in the show notes below, but talk a little bit about that experience and and what you kind of went through seeing the way that that Texas is kind of taking the lead on this um, through some of their organizations. I, the minute I saw this lunch and learn being offered, I signed up for it. There was no hesitation. There was, and a lot of times I will sign up for lunch and learns and then watch them later because we all know lunch sometimes happens at two in the afternoon um, and not at 11.15 or 12.15 or whenever it was live. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was like, no, I'm blocking off that time on my calendar, which is something I think is important, by the way, for educators to do. Um, I have a just personal thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that later. But I signed up for this and I was like, I am attending this live. I want to be there for it. And what I loved was how intentional Destiny, who was the presenter, Destiny Wagner, was as she went through one stopping, taking a moment, recognizing the physical signs of stress. Are your shoulders shrugged? Is your jaw clenched? Are you holding your breath? Are you making this? And I was like, uh, yeah, check, 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 <laughs> Doing check. all of them simultaneously. <laughs> and it was just that idea that of like stopping and just taking in a physical moment with your body and being like, relax my shoulders, unclench my jaw, let out that breath I've been holding. Because you, if you're like me, you'll find yourself at a certain point where your shoulders are at your ears. You're so tensed up as you're frantically typing into your keyboard and it really is just a physical stress reactor. Then she talked about different breathing practices we can do. And we actually stopped and paused and did these breathing practices in the webinar, which I loved because modeling is key, whether you have adult learners or student learners, modeling is key. And how easy is that to pop an activity like this into your LMS and say, today's bell ringer is a breathing activity or You guys have been working frantically for 25 minutes of this 50-minute class. We're going to stop right now, and we're going to do a a purposeful breathing activity or two minutes of calm or two minutes of centeredness. And so they went on to show us all these different breathing techniques. I had never heard of them. One was called bee breathing, and we actually all had to do it. And it was funny because, you know, she was like, turn on your mics, and we could all hear us, and it sounded like a hive of bees as we all were breathing. Um, take five. This one was funny because somebody said they did this in traffic where they take their hand and it's it's running your thumb down each of your fingers, like up and down. And they said they did that in traffic a lot. Hey, that makes <laughs> to sense. Help with their, their road rage, I guess. <laughs> um, but one of my favorites is is a grounding technique where it's it's the five senses and it's five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. If you've ever had a student in your classroom who really struggles with emotional control, that is a very powerful activity that that can help de-escalate a a potential situation with a student, but also even taking that moment for yourself. If you feel like you're on the verge of, of panicking, if you feel like you're on the just, you know, that, that day, that, that day that we've all had, 
and it's something about six period on like a random Thursday and you just are at the edge, just taking that moment and being like, okay, tangible, five things I can see right now in front of me, four things I can feel. So just having these things in your toolbox, like, right? I mean, just being aware that these are things you can do for yourself or for your students, I thought was so powerful to the point that I am turning this around in my district for one of our summer learning sessions. I'm actually going to be doing this um, for, for my staff, our staff, and um, because I just think it is that valuable and that important for them to have these tools in their toolbox. Yeah, I <clears throat> what I what I, I I love all of that, but the especially the part where it's, you know, and, and I wish more. I wish more of that that you just described happened in terms of I went and I did a thing. I participated in an event, a lunch and learn, a webinar, uh, whatever. It was profound for me. And now I am going to, you know, I like to say I'm going to pay that forward to more people who weren't able to experience that or chose not to. Um, So I love that you're taking what you've learned and you are then paying that forward with your own district and saying this is vital. Um, This was impactful for me. Uh, It can be impactful for you and for our students, which is the, you know, the paramount point here um and and so like i am going to sort of pay this forward so i really that's really really great that you are sort of um being generous with your own with your own learning um you you said a magic word there that uh i think is super important for all educators um and and it was de-escalate and i think all of us can look at situations in our classroom lives, in our instructional coach life, in our uh, principal life, or whatever role you're in in education right now. I think we can all look back and reflect and say, you know, how could I have de-escalated a situation mm-hmm. uh, that happened? Um, or, or did I actually escalate it? You know, in terms of how I coped with a, a, a struggling student or how I coped with a moment with a fellow teacher, a conversation that occurred in a meeting or a, a, a parent conversation. And I see it and I hear it a lot from my wife. Uh, my wife's an assistant principal at an elementary school. And I, I bet it's a daily basis where um, the, a conversation boils down to who in the room was able to recognize the situation and de-escalate it. And who had those strategies like you just described? Who was had the strategies and the wherewithal to take the 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 situation and de-escalate it? And the people who have those skills are going to have abundant success in life, but particularly in the educational world, because it's so difficult to be able to do that. Now, to your point and to your story, you're sharing that with your district. That's what I love is like now you're enabling uh, or empowering all of your district to have more of those strategies, more of those, uh, you know, sort of coping mechanisms that are going to help de-escalate not only at the adult level, but at the student level. And that makes for great culture. Mm -hmm. That helps a lot. So that just gets me really fired up. I did want to say just something else, I think, in terms of 
this is my this is the hat I wear in real life is I'm the canvas lady in our district like that's the running joke but that one of the reasons a product like canvas is so impactful is because of the stress that it can take off a teacher's plate and your student's plate if I am 13 years old and I'm having to navigate 14 different tabs to get to where I need to be I'm stressed out already but if I have everything in one spot, I have a landing page I can go to, it's organized, it's managed, I can get in and out. And that's the same thing. I want my professional learning to be handled to me as an adult in that same manner. So that's my little, um, that's the ongoing joke in district. But um, you're, the, you're the canvas nerd down the hall in your hall. Yes. Absolutely. No, that's, you read my mind. I mean, that's, that's what I find myself saying uh, all the time to, to educators is like, you have this thing. And like, if you can harness even just a fraction of what's there, what you're doing is you are going to, again, you know, de-escalate tensions and frustration uh, for students and for yourself. You know, so it's like when you talk to teachers, when Misty, when you're doing a, a professional learning for teachers about, you know, speed grader, if you can harness this and you can properly leverage this this nugget of canvas you are going to take away some stress on yourself. And then that's not going, you being less uh, stressed and anxious about the whole grading thing is then going to translate to you being a happier person. <laughs> and then it sort of spreads. Uh, so I love, I love that connection to uh, our beloved canvas for sure. Misty, you also shared with us the coloring project, which we kind of talked about earlier on uh, in the pod uh, about this coloring project that you have in your shared offices. And, and I know um, a technique I found in my own mental health journey and Mark's kind of alluded to it too, is like, and it really kind of, you know, brought itself up during the pandemic, but was just kind of sitting down and creating something, whether that's something small, like coloring a page or something large, like, you know, building out this podcast, these outlets are, are extremely impactful and helpful, right? Um, talk a little bit about that coloring project. And we're going to try to find a way to, to share that photo you shared with us, maybe in the show notes, so people can click on it and see it. But I'd love for you to talk more about that. So the coloring project, I you know, some targeted ad that found me on Instagram for some, <laughs> this giant wall sized coloring. And I immediately texted my boss and I was like, well, we need this in our office. And he was like, yes, we do. So he purchased the, the elephant. We have a sloth. Um, we have a few other ones. And I went out and bought some markers. It is next to my desk and it is really there for anytime somebody just needs a brain break they are welcome to come, and, and and that includes people not even in our office. Sometimes people from other departments stop by to come color on this wall piece, and I love it because also then you get to see somebody that you maybe haven't seen all day, and you're a little less isolated because, you know, I'm actually going to put the sloth out when I do my session. Uh, it's going to be up on the wall there for people to to come and color and work on. So, yes, I think that it's very just a fun way to one, give yourself a brain break and giving yourself permission to give yourself a brain break yep. uh, no matter where. And it doesn't take long. Go color for three minutes, go color a leaf and then go sit back down and get back to work. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so I love, I love that. And the re <laughs> I did, I did the same thing. Um, I, I was, believe it or not in a, in a former life, I was a media specialist. Uh, so I was in charge of the library at a, a middle and elementary school, or excuse me, middle and high school. And I did the same thing, but I literally printed off this huge image 
on standard pieces of paper. And then I had to connect tape them together and line it all up <laughs> in order to take the, the huge. So it was like a 10 by 10. So it was big. And I put it on a table in the library and students were doing that exact thing. Uh, and so I we did the same thing. Put the colored pencils out there. Students came in, uh, you know, and in, in my library at that time. Certainly people were coming, kids were coming to the library to study and to get books. Uh, but there was, a, there was a, a fraction of the population that was coming there uh, because they felt like it was a safer, more comfortable space than, you know, study hall or whatever. Um, and they came there and I, I bet we had four or five of them done uh, just in the semester because it was the same exact thing, but on the student level where the, where the kids were like, oh, this is awesome. And they would just sit there and they would do their coloring and they would chat. And it was a really great opportunity that I just sort of stumbled upon. I wasn't thinking about it in the, in the way that you have. I was just like, here's something for them to do. But it actually accomplished much more because they ended up loving it. And so I love that that you were able to do that with uh, with staff there, right? It becomes a becomes an outlet for um, you know the monotonous day to day, right? It, it, it's something that you know you always have that. Marcus was that one teacher. Marcus was that one media specialist that allowed that. And, and, and Misty, kind of the same thing. What you're doing with that coloring project, we're gonna link a lot of the stuff that we talked about today into the show notes. So make sure you check those out. Misty, before we go, are there any folks um, out there that you would suggest, uh, you know, looking at on social media or some resources that maybe we haven't talked about that you want to give a shout out to before we leave? I wanted to recommend uh, Destiny Wagner, whose Twitter is at Defend Your Destiny. She's the one who led that that lunch and learn that I attended, and and that's kind of in her wheelhouse. So Defend Your Destiny. I also wanted to recommend, as far as Twitter goes, We Are Teachers. They have a lot of thoughtful suggestions and a lot of of kind of reflective questioning, and then also Calm and Headspace, who both offer limited versions of their programs free for educators. And that includes um, SEL programs that you can use like 30 days of calm with your students available for free for educators. So that's just something that I think is important, but also on their Twitter, both calm and headspace, again, kind of offer reflective questioning versus some of the funny haha social media that we talked about earlier in in the show, but more, more serious and, and thought and, and, internally reflective questioning that I think it's important to take that moment and and give yourself that moment and the uh, the permission to sit and think about your own mental health. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I think it's super important. The topic itself is important, but I, w- I'm really thankful and grateful for your willingness to uh, to talk to us about this and give us uh, some additional perspective on, you know, what you see in, in your day to day as an educator. Um, it, it's super powerful. I think that people uh, that listen to the episode, hopefully you guys uh, can, can step away from from this episode with, you know, some concrete takeaways, some some resources, obviously, that were shared. And obviously, in the show notes, you can get those as well. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, kind of just immediate reflection time. Uh, for me, it's just, you know, giving ourselves permission and, and, and let's, 
let's, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, get over the the stigma and, and go ahead and own what we're feeling. Um, because I, I think that Misty has, has certainly pointed out that um, by doing so, we can empower ourselves, but we can also empower the folks around us. And, and that is sort of a, a, a good kind of contagious. Um, so we want to thank you again for being part of uh, the Canvas Casters podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Misty.